Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way when there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Who can wipe away Broken dreams and wasted years Until the past to disappear Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus And all the wrong turns that you would Going under if you could Look and work it all for your good Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way when there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. to Calvary, pay the price for all my guilty, who would care that much about me, let me tell you about my Jesus, whoa, he makes a way when there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave, ain't no sinner that he can't save, let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. You came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied. Better than you, there's nothing. 
You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways, you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can, you're the only one who can. Lord, we just thank you that you're the only one who can. Lord, you have blessed us so much and you have given us so much, God, but the best thing that you can give, have given us, Lord, is your, uh, your, yourself, Lord, that you've given yourself to die on a cross for our sins. And, Lord, we just pray and uh, pray that everyone would accept that gift that you have given us, Lord. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you. We pray for Brother Darrell as he comes to deliver your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. those walls that we called sin and shame they were like prisons that stood in escape but he came and he died and he rose those walls are rubble remember those giants we called death and they were like mountains that stood in our way, but he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead now. This is our God. This is who he is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what he does. He saves us. He bore the cross. That heaven and earth proclaim This is our God, King Jesus Remember that fear that took our breath away Faith so weak that we could barely pray But he heard every word, every whisper
out of that pit. He did, he did. Who paid for all of our sin? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh. Who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Jesus. Who rescued me from that grave? Yahweh, Yahweh, who gets the glory and praise? Nobody but Him. This is our God. This is who He is. He loves us. This is our God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. He bore the cross, beat the grave, let heaven and earth proclaim. This is our God, King Jesus. Children's Church, everybody, you need Pete back at the door. Okay, good morning again. Last Sunday we started a message out of 2 Kings. I'd ask you to go ahead and turn there, if you would. 2 Kings chapter 6, taking a couple-week break from Matthew. We, In the book of Matthew, as we go through it on Sundays, we came to Matthew 4, and it's the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, and this is a good this is a real good break, and I've been looking at this story out of Second Kings chapter 6 for a while, for several weeks, and spent last week on it, spent this week. Uh, if you're looking at, there is an outline on the back side of your announcements, if you're looking at that, I was going to do this week, I was going to do the enemy and the servant, and I've got them both on the outline. There's no way we're going to get to the servant. So hopefully uh, the Lord wills, the Holy Spirit leads that way. We will do the servant next week. So this week's just going to be the enemy out of Second Kings chapter 6, 12 through 17. And then we will, once we get through with this story, we'll go back to Matthew and begin the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. There's a verse I'll put on the screen. Matt, here's what I want to do. Read this verse on the screen. This is how we started last week. We'll read the verse on the screen, and I'm going to pray. When I pray, I'm going to step down here. Uh, let's read this verse out of 2 Corinthians, and the, uh, yeah, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Then after that, we'll pray. Then we'll look at the text. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal things which are seen are temporary everything that you can see it's all gonna all gonna fade away but there's all kinds of things going on that you can't see and that and we'll look at that if you were here last week you'll remember the story out of second kings the elisha seeing the hills full of the horses and the chariots that the servant could not see there's all kinds of things going on around us that we cannot see things going on right now that you cannot see there are things going on in this room that you cannot see and we'll look at that today and then the next week and when we get to the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness 
we'll continue to look at that. There's all kinds of things going on that you cannot see, okay? Let's pray. God, there is no one like you. There is no one like you. There's no one who can do what you do. There's no one who can be who you are. And Satan is always trying to challenge that. He's always trying to find a way to challenge that. Satan is always trying to usurp that. He wants to be God. Satan wants to take God's place. And he works through us. He tries to work through us. It's always along that direction. Who's really in charge? And Lord, I believe there's no one like you. There's no one who can do what you do. And there's no one who can be who you are. Father, today we lift you up. We glorify you. We lift up the name of Jesus. We proclaim the name of Jesus in this place every week. That's really all we do. Lord, we proclaim the name of Jesus. We lift his name up. And help us as we, as just uh, being the frail humans who we are, that we come into your house and we try our best, but we make mistakes and we fail. But help us through the power of your spirit to lift Jesus' name up, to glorify him, to worship him, and now to be more like him. Help us to be more like you, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 12. Uh, it says 12 through 17. We'll definitely read that, but I'll read a little bit more, kind of like we did last week. Real, real quickly, the prophet Elisha is a prophet for Israel, and Israel is an enemy of the nation of Syria, and they're at war. And the Syrians make plans, and they move their troops, and God tells Elisha what the Syrians are doing, so he tells the Israelite king, and then so the Israelites adjust, and they adapt to what Syria is trying to do. And the king of Syria gets all upset. He thinks he's got a traitor in the midst. And someone said, no, it's not a traitor. It's Elisha, the prophet in, in Israel. He's telling Israel what you're, what you're doing. He's telling Israel our plan. So the, uh, the Syrian plan now is to capture Elisha, to, to kill him. Okay, That's where we pick up the text at 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 12. And one of his servants, servants talking to the king of Syria. None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is that I might send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he's in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And we remember last week we concentrated on that. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant, so Elisha's servant, said to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? We concentrated on that last week. Alas, my master, what shall we do? God, what, sh- what am I going to do? God, what am I going to do? And so he answered, and Elisha answered and said, Do not fear. That's one thing you do. Don't fear. 
For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So the enemy was encamped around Dothan, circled the city. And what nobody else could see but Elisha could see it was the army of God surrounding the enemy of Israel. So there was an army surrounding an army and only Elisha could see it until the eyes of his servant were open. So when this, um, let's go ahead and read on. I, and there's a point here. I'm not going to necessarily read all of it, but uh, I want you to see what Elisha did. God had something for him to do. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I'll bring you to the man. So obviously here, Elisha is a man they were, they were looking for. They're blind. They don't know. So he says he's going to take them somewhere else whom you seek. But he had led them to Samaria. And so it was when they came to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And there, there they were inside of Samaria. So we'll, we'll stop there. He leads the enemy to the enemy of them, which is Israel. Okay. T today is the enemy. Next week, if the Lord wills, it'll be the servant. But this week is the, is the enemy. We have one, you, you know, is spiritual. We're never going to be in a situation like Syria, like Elisha, as far as the specifics go. But we have, we have an enemy. We're going to put on the screen uh, John 10.10. 10, and Jesus talks about this. And we're going to talk about this a whole lot more when we come to the temptation of Jesus. The thief, Jesus said, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, we have a, we have a satanic thief, uh, enemy that Jesus calls the thief and using, using the analogy. So we have, we, have, we have an enemy in Satan, and he doesn't, the only purpose, what he's trying to do is to steal, to kill, and destroy you and me. Now, we've made Satan almost into a comic book type of figure, you know, made him almost, almost, almost humorous in the ways we portray him. And what that's done is, is, is brought him down. Well, I, I don't mind at all to bring, bring Satan down, but we've, we've uh, he had, the, the devil's tried to hide himself under the comic book figure that we've sometimes made him to be. He tried to hide himself in that uh, making us think he's not really that big of a deal. He's not, real, he's not really doing that much. But his purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. And if he can make you think that he's not doing that, then he's doing that. So he's not, it's not all, about the, the, not all about the devil trying to make you have a bad day. You know, it's not about trying to make give you a flat tire on your way to work. It's not just a nuisance to steal, steal what? Everything. 
peace, joy. He's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if he can do that without you knowing it or pretending that, uh, you know, that's not, it's not really that, that serious. It's not really that bad. And I, I, I get that all the time. It's not really, the devil's not really that big of a deal. But the Bible says that that's absolutely not true. It's a very big deal. A serious situation. He's come to seek, kill, and to destroy. All right, I don't want to just hammer away on that. Another thought, and we use this on Wednesday night, Ephesians 6.12. This is kind of a, but I want you to think about it, verse. We We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. The wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It seems that way. There was a Syrian army there, but there was so much more going on behind that and beyond that. But for us, just to let us know and give us something to think think about, we're not wrestling with each other. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It's not people that is our enemy. Satan is, is is, is our enemy. He definitely uses people. There's no doubt about that. But we're not the enemy. Your friend, your co-worker, your boss, your spouse, your parents, your children, they're not the enemy. The devil may work through them. And there's a whole different thing there. But I just, I just need you to remember that, that the enemy is not people. Okay? Now, I know it presents itself like that. Well, if so-and-so wasn't so hard to get along with, you know, if so-and-so wasn't so mean, you know, But it's not people. The devil's working behind the scenes and doing everything that he can to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy your home. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy every good relationship that you've got. He wants to destroy this church. I'm very aware of that. He would love nothing more to destroy than to destroy this church. He can love, love nothing more than to destroy me. I'm very aware of that. And he'll try every little trick that he can. The enemy. In this story, when the servant looked up, and whoever looked up, this enemy, you can see with, you, he could see definitely with his eyes. There's so much going on that he couldn't see until, until Elisha prayed. But the enemy had surrounded them. And there was, there was no way out. Next screen. We're going to look at two screens. If you're looking at your outline, the first one is we can't win. The second one is we can't lose. But the first one is we can't win. Uh, this was actually more comforting to me. And when I worked on the message and was praying, I actually got more out of this. See, we all know that if you're looking at your outline, the, the next one is we can't lose, and you want me to get on to that one, you know. That's the one we want to hear. Well we, well, we will, but we can't get to we can't lose until we work through we can't win. 
So the, so the servant, Elisha, look up. They see the Syrian army surrounding Dothan. The point is they've got Elisha, who's the, the target, surrounded. He can't get out. He can't win. He can't. And that's what was so discouraging with the servant when he looked out and he saw the enemy. He said, Master, what shall we do? It wasn't, if you were here last week, it wasn't direction. It was, des- it was desperation. What can we do? We, we can't win. And, you, and he's right. If that's what you see. If you go by the enemy that you see, you can't win. Now, this is the comforting part because it doesn't say, well, I hope you get to the comforting part because you haven't got there yet. If you go by the enemy that you see, you can't win. The devil is an enemy that you can't see. All right? How are you going to beat him? What are you going to do? When you're fighting an, fighting an enemy that you literally can't see. Now, he's working through people. He's working through the circumstances that you can see. But he's at work behind the scenes. Him and, him and his helpers are at work be, behind the scenes. And you can't see them. While you're asleep, he never sleeps. While you're weak, he's not weak. While you're sick, he's not sick. What are you going to do? How are you going to beat him? How are you going to win? When you look at the enemy surrounding Elisha, the enemy that you could see, you can't win. And you won't win. We can't win. Now this is where we admit it. And I found so much comfort in that when I finally get to the point that I admit it, I can't win. See, here's the thing. In this battle, when you're fighting an enemy, a satanic enemy that you can't see, who never has to rest, who never has to sleep, who doesn't even, it doesn't fight by any rules, how are you going to take a swing at him? What are you going to do to defend yourself? You can't win. I'm going to read, I'm going to read some, in, some enemies that we have. It's not going to be the Syrians. Okay, Our specifics are not like that. Now, this is a list, and I, I don't have this list on a screen. I wrote this on my sheet. And it would be easy for me to just you know, rattle off a list, uh, but I didn't do that. I prayed about it. So I've got a list, but I didn't just quickly think about it. I prayed about this. So these are some enemies that we have that you really can't see but are still very real. And you can't win. The enemy of discouragement. The things that happen brings dis- discouragement. Well, I'm, I'm, if I try real hard, I can, I can get over that until the next time. So there's an enemy of discouragement, enemy, enemy of depression. Well, I can beat that. No, you can't. Well, I can beat it this time, but then see, there's coming another time. Devil's not done yet. 
The devil's not through yet. So there's an enemy of discouragement. There's an enemy of, enemy of depression. Enemy of addiction. That you can't beat. You cannot beat it. Enemy of unforgiveness. No matter how hard I try, I can't, I can't just, I cannot bring myself to forgive them. What they did, what they said. I just cannot bring myself to forgive them. I'm trying, but it's not where. That's a hard one. I'm trying and I, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best, but I just, I can't get out of my mind what they did and what they said. The enemy of unforgiveness. Now, it might be that you're having trouble forgiving, and it could be that somebody else is having trouble forgiving you for what you did. And no matter how, see, it might be that somebody else is having trouble forgiving you, and no matter how many times you try to make it up to them, no matter what you do, it's just not working, is it? Because you can't do enough. Because somewhere along the line, as the scripture says, they just have to frankly forgive. But the more effort you put into it, and you've tried, it's not working because you can't win this one. The enemy of unforgiveness. Bitterness along with unforgiveness. The past. I just cannot seem to get over the past. It comes back to haunt me. And when I think I've got it beat, when I think I've won, then I haven't. And this is the tricky part, the sneaky part, because there will be times when we feel like, and everything I've said so far, and everything I will say, there will be times when it feels like that I've won, but then something happens or something comes up or you hear a word or you hear a song or you see something on TV or somebody says something and it all comes back around again and you're right back where you were. And maybe no, no better off and maybe worse. And so there's the enemy of the past. I just cannot seem to get over it. Cannot seem to be able to pull myself up out of it. The next one is the present. What's going on right now. And I, just, I have found myself in this pit. And I cannot seem to get myself out of this pit. That's what's going on right now. Not what it was is what's going on right now. I just don't see any way out. And the harder I try, it seems like the deeper that I'm going and digging down into this pit. The past, the present, and the future. Which leads to hopelessness which I just don't see any hope. I, I, I can't get over my past. I'm digging myself down into this hole of the, of the present, and I, just, I don't see a future out there. I don't know what I can do next. I don't know what to do next. Okay? The enemies that surround us, that torment us, we can't win. You've got to admit that. That I, I can't beat it. I can't get over it in my own strength. And I'm trying. See, that's the problem. Right here is the issue. The reason I'm not going on to we can't lose, because I can't go on to we can't lose until we get past we can't win. 
Because you can't be in both places. And what's, what's keeping you from getting on to, we can't lose. See, the servant saw the Syrians. Elisha saw more than that. To get from the, from the servant to Elisha, you've got to get past this point and you've got to admit that we can't win. We're surrounded. There's no way out of this. And that's why he said, Master, what shall we do? There's nothing we can do. Exactly. Until you can get to that point, and it is a point of desperation. It, it really is. See, as long as you're kind of okay with it, then that's all you're ever going to be. There's never going to be really a victory in your life over whatever it is, as long as you're kind of okay with it. As long as you are struggling through and, and you know, I'm making it okay, then that's all you're ever going to do is make it okay. But it's that point where I finally admit to myself that there's a spiritual battle going on and my strength is not going to win it. And my trying harder is not going to win it. And somewhere along the way, I have to surrender completely. See, this is the issue. We all know we've got to surrender a little bit to the Lord. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about going all the way. All the way. See, some of you have surrendered some. A little bit. Some of you have surrendered enough to, you know, to make it, kind of, on a good day. But you haven't surrendered all the way. You haven't come to that point where you said, I cannot win. And all my, all my you know, it's, it's weird. You, you, you hardly ever hear me talk about not, uh, you hardly ever hear me talk about not trying so hard. Stop trying so hard. In this case, I'm going to talk to you about stop trying so hard because it's not going to win the victory. It doesn't matter how many swords that Elisha and his servants strap on. It doesn't matter how many spears they've got. It doesn't matter how strong those two men are. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they try. They're not going to beat the Syrians ever in their own strength. The, the servant doesn't get that. And Elisha does. Because Elisha can see what the servant can't see. Can you come to the point this morning? And you're not going to get there this morning. But can you at least take the first step this morning to surrender? Say, Lord, I am surrounded by an enemy of discouragement, depression, addiction, unforgiveness, bitterness, my past, my present, my future, my hopelessness. I'm surrounded by it. I've been struggling with it. I've been struggling with it for years. And it's okay sometimes, and then it's not okay. And I've never really gotten the victory. And you never will, as long as you're trying it on your own. In your own strength, You'll never beat the Syrians, ever. 
But you've got to admit that this morning. You can't go on to, Matt, go ahead and go to the next screen. The next screen, of course, is we, we can't lose with Jesus. But you're never going to get there until you admit, God, I, have you ever got to the point that, God, I'm done? God, I'm done. I have, I've, just, I've just tried so hard. I have done everything I can think. God, I'm done. I can't do it. It's not any better. God, I'm done. You got to get there. I don't know if anybody's close. You got to get there. Now, we go on to we can't lose. Elisha could see what the servant couldn't see. And he saw the hills filled with God. The horses and the chariots and the angels. He saw the hills filled with God. He said, don't fear. Don't, don't worry about it. Those with us are so many more than those who are with them. Okay? We, we can't lose. Now it's getting to the point where that's what we grab a hold of. God, I can't do it on my own. I admit to you that I can't do it on my own. I, I surrender. I need you. I need your help. Look to this next screen. I don't know if this is going to mean much to you. Four words. I belong to Jesus. This is a prayer. This is a meditation. This is a statement. I belong to Jesus. Now, it comes from, for instance, Romans 1.1. Paul says, I am a bondservant of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.1. Peter says, I am Simon Peter, the apostle, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Then Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, you've been bought with a price. And Peter writes in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, you've not been redeemed, you've not been bought back with things like silver and gold, but you've been bought with the precious Blood of Jesus. Colossians 1.16 says we were made by him and for him. The prayer, the meditation that you pray over and over and over and you pray this all day long. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. I don't belong to discouragement. I don't belong to depression. I don't belong to addiction. I don't belong to my past. I don't belong to my present. And I don't belong to my future. I belong to Jesus. And that's a prayer, that's a, that's a meditation, that's a statement that stays with you all night long, stays with you all day long. There's your victory. It's not in you. 
I don't belong to me. I don't belong to my employer. I don't belong to my job. I don't belong to my career. I don't belong to my paycheck. I don't belong to my wife. I don't belong to my husband. I don't belong to my children. I don't belong to my parents. I don't belong to my church. Who do I belong to? Jesus. Who saves me? Jesus. Who protects me? Jesus. Do any of those other things that I said I don't belong to, can they protect you? Can they save you? Can they make you? Can they sustain you? None of them can. For whatever you see is temporary. Whatever you cannot see, that is eternal. I belong to Jesus. Nobody else made me except Him. Nobody else can save me except Him. Nobody else can sustain me except Him. I don't belong to anything else. I'm not controlled by anything else. I don't give myself to anything else. Now, a lot of those things that I said I don't belong to, those are good things. But they don't own me. They didn't make me. They didn't save me. Jesus did. I belong to Jesus. What you do when the enemy of discouragement comes along, when the enemy of depression comes along, when the enemy of addiction comes along, when the enemy of unforgiveness comes along, when the enemy of your past, your present, your future, when the enemy of hopelessness comes along, and it will, and it will, and it will for the rest of your sojourn on this earth. The devil doesn't have to sleep. He doesn't get tired of pestering you. He doesn't get tired of trying to steal, kill, and destroy you, and he never will. So our defense is not our strength. It's not our determination. It's not our anything. It is our Jesus. I belong to Jesus. What do I do with that? You say that over and over. And you live that over. I have spent nights saying that one prayer. I belong. You know what? I think the devil left me alone because he was tired of hearing it. I think the devil will leave you alone for a while because he's tired of hearing it. I want you to say over and over and over in your prayer the name of Jesus, okay? However you phrase it, whatever you do, I want the devil to hear you saying the name of Jesus. Now, it has no power if Jesus is not in you, but Jesus is in me. And then, then there's power. This is not my... I, I've, I've given up. I've surrendered. Uh, put it another way. I'm giving up. I'm surrendering. I've not gotten there yet. I'm just further along than I was. But I've, I'm learning. This is a fight. This is an enemy that I cannot beat. I cannot win. But with Jesus, I cannot lose. He has got me in the palm of his hand.
No one can take me out of there. The devil cannot reach me there. Jesus has got me. Isaiah put it this way. I love the way he wrote it. He said it. And he wrote it. That Jesus has our name written on the palm of his hand. You cannot get that off. And I am gripped by him. And that's exactly where I want to be. I belong to Jesus. He bought me. Paid for me. Not with silver and gold, but by his precious blood. He is not going to turn me loose. And the devil is not going to get me where Jesus has got me. What about you? What I'm asking you to do this morning is give up. Give up trying. Turn it over to Jesus. Say, all right, <laughs> Jesus, now it's, now it's on you. That's what he wants to hear. That's what he wants to hear. That's what he's been trying to get you to do. Now it's on him. He can handle it. You can't. Say, well, I've been, okay, you've been working on it. That's great. We're gonna, you're going to work on it some more, and we're going to keep doing that. We're, how, how long do we do this for the rest of my life? That's a prayer for the rest of my life. I belong to Jesus. I'm going to ask the musicians to come on up. Congregation, if you'll stand with me, please. Message this morning is pretty serious, and I and I get that. But we live in pretty serious times, and there's a lot of serious things going on with people, and I get that too. A lot of people come to church is burdened down, and you put on a I know you do. I, I do it too. Put on a smiley face. But there's a lot going on in people's lives that we can't see. But you see it in your own life. I'm looking for that person. The Holy Spirit's looking for that person this morning who's ready to give up just a little bit more. Say, so I've already, I know, I, I, I know you've already taken steps that way, but now this morning we're going to give up a little bit more. We're working toward that point where you just give everything. A person who needs to just give up a little bit more. A person who needs to come to an altar and pray, say, God, I need help. I, I haven't, I have an enemy, and it doesn't have to be things that I name, whatever it is. I have an enemy that I'm just not able to beat. I've been trying, I've been trying. I've got a good heart, and I'm trying, but I'm not able to beat this one. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, I need your help. If you need to come and pray. This is for, this morning for people who need to come. I need to come. I need to come. While they play and sing, if you need to come to an altar and just asking Jesus for help, we invite you to come.